Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Chris Blackman. Chris is a channel consultant and chief channel officer at JS Group. In her role at JSG, she provides content strategy, partner strategy, channel account management training, and channel development consulting services for a number of clients from Fortune 100 companies to startups. Prior to JSG, she was senior content director at Channel Partners where she was responsible for one of the largest research projects and communities for managed services providers, the MSP 501, as well as content strategy and programming for channel partners, media brands, and industry-leading events. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. I'm excited to be here. Great. Well, let's get started. Um, so, Chris, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Well, I have kind of an unconventional career path into the IT channel where I work today. So I graduated college in the middle of a recession in 2010. <laughs> um, English majors with a dual emphasis in literary theory and creative writing were not exactly in high demand. <laughs> So I took a job as an executive administrative assistant where I had an extremely, uh, we'll say, difficult boss. Mm-hmm. He had a habit of standing on the modular bench in my cubicle and just screaming diatribes at the entire team. Oh. Um, so one day I was taking minutes in a board meeting and he realized his coffee cup was empty and without even looking at me, he just snapped his fingers for me to refill it. Anyone who knows me can probably guess how I reacted to that, (laughs) but I needed the job, so I just clenched my jaw and went to refill his stupid coffee, and as I was walking back, he used the non-word irregardless in a sentence, and that was the moment I knew I couldn't do it anymore. (laughs) I put in my notice the next day and gave up my expensive high-rise apartment and decided I was going to become a writer, come what may, so I wrote anything for money. I wrote textbooks, I wrote press releases for $20 a piece for the B2B space, website copy for the B2B space for next to nothing. Um, Eventually, I went to work for a niche software company as their in-house writer. And from there, I moved into a B2B tech marketing agency. And then I was recruited to be the editor-in-chief of The Var Guy, which is a trade publication, was a trade publication in the IT channel space. Try to imagine being a woman named Chris, <laughs> the VAR guy. It was super fun. So when the VAR guy was acquired by Channel Partners, um, I was given the responsibility of managing the MSP 501 program. This is back when I was a senior content director for Channel Partners, and 
my bosses just gave me a crazy amount of latitude with the program and I wound up growing it into like a real foundational pillar of the brand. I'm not sure if I'll ever be as proud of anything as I am of what I did with the 501. I will always love that community. But um, after some years, I just wanted something different. I wanted to work on a, a different side of the channel. So not better, but just a different challenge. So last September, I left Channel Partners to take the role of Chief Channel Officer here at the JS Group Consultancy. And here I consult with vendors, carriers, partners, startups on their channel and go-to-market and content strategies. So it's really exciting to be able to lead this group of amazing individuals. It really is an incredible team. It's such a wide array of clients and programs. I learn something every single day. Wow. That is just amazing. Tell me, what did you write for the bar guy? <laughs> well, I wrote a lot about uh, the transition from the VAR one-time, you know, transactional model moving into mm -hmm. being an MSP and how to make that switch to MRR, lots of product releases, lots of business advice. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of latitude with that job as well. That's great. That's great. And got back into writing and still moved into technology, which I love the combination. Um, and it helped, you know, just grow, grow your world into now chief, chief channel officer. That's, that's amazing. You did an amazing job just, you know, finding your passion and, and growing it. And that first story you told, I just was cringing because that's just horrible, horrible, horrible that you had to go through that. <laughs> I think everyone has a boss that is not quite ideal at some mm -hmm. point in their life, especially yeah. early in your career. Yeah, I know I did. <laughs> um, so, as you know, you know, our podcast is focused on bridging the employment pay and culture gap for women in technology. What are you seeing in the tech industry today? Well, here in the channel, um, I actually think we've made some really great strides. Women are more represented than they ever have been in leadership and executive roles, especially in those vendor, supplier, OEM organizations. Almost every channel marketing professional I know is a woman. The CMOs, the you know, marketing managers, and probably about half of the salespeople I know. Women are just great in those sales and marketing roles. But... Mm -hmm. Where I really see the gap is in those technical roles, and that includes channel partners. So most most partners, they start this business because they love technology, not because they want to be a small business owner in the channel. Mm -hmm. And we just don't have enough girls in STEM programs feeding up so that women are actually taking those more technical roles. Now, it's not to say that you know, of course, there aren't female-owned MSPs and, you know, other other channel shops in the world. Of course, there are growing every day, but it's still a very small percentage. Um, they're underrepresented in these technical roles, whether they're working for a vendor or owning a channel shop. So the channel has really long been known as a good old boys club. Um, but I think that's really changing fast. Most channel professionals I know don't care what gender you are as long as you can get the job done. The problem is just that we aren't equipping enough young females to grow into women that are doing these technical jobs. 
Yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear you're you're seeing more representation in the channel, but you're absolutely right in the technical roles we still have those numbers are declining and we, our pipeline is not there from young girls um in STEM, you know, education and then STEM awareness uh to move into those technical roles and I'm really passionate about, you know, training and certification for women so that they can get into those roles. And um this leads me right to the next question is that, you know, what are some leadership skills that women should have or girls should have to be the leaders for tomorrow because we so desperately need that. So I would say first and foremost is empathy which luckily women by and large are pretty great at. Mm -hmm. um, you really have to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Sometimes it's your boss, your customer, your reader, your colleague, your direct report. If you are incapable of setting aside a few minutes and trying to picture what it is they're going through or what it is that they're experiencing, then how in the world are you supposed to be a good leader, right? So. Mm -hmm. How do you even have a clue what guidance or support you're supposed to be giving? A lot of people are scared to ask for what they need, but a good leader will try to get it whatever that is anyway. And then I would say always look for ways to help your team learn and grow, help them develop into the kind of leader that you'd want to work with. Um, help them reach their career goals, even if that means someday they'll wind up in another group. Maybe their dream career is not to always work for you. Maybe there's something mm -hmm. else that they want to grow into doing. So uh, connect them with influencers or mentors that can help them in their journey. I mean, look, the more that you help the young talent underneath you succeed, the more that you're going to succeed. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, what empathy is so critical today and especially in this pandemic that we're in you know people are going through so much um and empathy is not just sympathy it is really walking in their shoes really understanding what they are going through rather than just sympathizing with them so yeah and you're right women do have innately um they are empathetic so that's that's a great great way to start and then continuous learning I, I really believe that continuous learning is so critical for all of us, men, women, children, everybody, because I, I fe feel that if you're not learning, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, you're dead. <laughs> you know, it sounds, sounds pretty blunt, but it's really true. It's like you got to learn every day. And it's wonderful that you said, you know, in your role, you learn something every, new every day. I feel like I learn something new every day. And every time you teach, you learn more. So I love those two um, very important skill sets that you need to have to be the leaders of tomorrow. Um, so I know you're very passionate, like I am, about diversity and inclusion. Uh, could you share with our listeners some of the work that you're doing around this to make a difference? Um, yeah, you know, most recently, so back last spring in the wake of George Floyd's murder, when the country was uh, once again erupting into protests against police brutality and racial inequity, um, at that time I was senior content director at Channel Partners, mm -hmm. which has some of the biggest media brands and events in the channel. And our entire team was adamant that we not just issue one more statement of support, right? We wanted to actually do something substantive mm -hmm. to act upon our beliefs. 
So we developed the Allies of the Channel Council and the Allyship Program, which I still chair to this day. Um, it's a coalition of industry voices. It sits underneath the Channel Partners umbrella, but it gives equal voices to advocates from partner organizations, analysts, consultants, vendors, distributors. Uh, we've got really a huge, wide range of representatives on that council. Together, we work to advance DEI efforts throughout the channel in measurable ways. We wanted to make sure that it was something we could actually measure continual progress in. So, Channel Partners Events now has a goal of having 30% of its speakers be people of color, which is a really high bar in this industry. People of color are very much underrepresented um, in the channel. And again, that's changing, but pretty slowly. And so when we made that commitment, um, we knew that it was going to add a whole other level of nuance and challenges, frankly, for us in uh, recruiting and, and programming these events. Mm -hmm. uh, where we now have, or Channel Partners and Channel Features now has a diversity and inclusion section on the site. Um, it highlights experiences of people in the industry and their indiv their individual experiences with diversity or lack thereof, right? Um, we've commissioned independent research. It's currently going on. Um, and collaboration. Collaboration is a big one with other groups like Alliance of Channel Women and Exposure Diversity Council. So we're doing some really great things. We're about a year in and we've made some big strides and uh, it's one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done in my career. I love that. I love the measurable ways because, um, you know, no matter how many um, groups we belong to and we can talk about the problem and we can, um, you know, think we're doing something about it, but really not moving the needle is really what got me uh, last year thinking about this, thinking I spend a lot of time with all these groups and, you know, every time I listen to the numbers, they're declining. And so what can I do in my small way to make a difference? And that's when I came up with my cloud power program where I gave a scholarship for 50 women to get training and certification, everything they needed in a time respective. And obviously we, we gave it to them as a scholarship and I know it's only 50 women and it's just my small way of giving back, but it started a whole new program. People saw it and said, okay, we want to sponsor something like that. Microsoft wanted to sponsor something like that. And so we ended up with two more cohorts. And so what sometimes we think is our little way can really make a difference. And I love the work you're doing and um, focusing and setting the bar high to make sure that that you're making a difference. So great, great work, very impressive. Well, that respect goes both ways. I mean, you say only 50 women, but you know, that's 50 more women that we have to add to our collective voices now. And so I think, you know, being able to offer opportunities like that, it's just a, a wonderful thing. Thank you, thank you. Um, so, you know, we, we really need to build that pipeline with girls. Um, and women to really encourage them to come into um, our industry to really fill the ecosystem with more talent. Um, so how important is it, do you think, for women and girls to have a mentor? Oh, it's critically important. <laughs> it's so important. <laughs> 
not just to be a mentee, but to be a mentor, right? So Mm -hmm. I've been on both sides of that relationship. And I can tell you that when you do it right, you learn equally in each role. I learn just as much from the young women that I mentor almost as they learn from Mm -hmm. me. Um, the, The key to a good mentorship relationship, I think, is utmost transparency, right? Honest and candid feedback. Um, being a mentor or asking for someone to be your mentor is a serious decision. It's, it's not something that somebody should enter into lightly. If it isn't the right fit, it can hurt more than it helps. You really have to know your communication style. You have to be in sync on, um, your ideas of what you want from your career Otherwise, it's not going to do anyone any good. It'll just be an exercise in frustration. But when you find that fit, it's magic. It can work real wonders in the lives of both people. It's learning and guiding and being open to challenging your way of thinking. It's, it's one of the biggest growth tools that there is. Stay tuned for the rest of today's interview after a brief word from our sponsor. Are you an expert in your field? Are you a woman who values thought leadership? We'd love to have you join us as a guest on an upcoming episode of Tech in the Right Direction. Visit us at directionstraining.com forward slash podcast to apply today. Help us continue to drive social change and the advancement of women in the technology industry. That's great. Um, Do you have any stories of a great mentor or a mentor that didn't work out for you either way? You know, um, when I was at Channel Partners, this was not a formal mentor relationship, but Mm -hmm. it did turn into, um, you know, a a mentor relationship. My boss at the time, Lorna Gary, um, was uh, had a great deal of responsibility. Um, This is back when I was starting the MSP 501 program. Now, that program had been around for a lot of years, but I was going through kind of a a tough time personally battling some illnesses and Lorna knew that I needed a win, that I needed, I needed a project, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So she had me take over the MSP 501 program and just uh, at, at every turn gave me guidance, but also gave me trust. Um, She would point me in the direction of resources or people to talk to if I got stuck, but Um, I remember at a certain point, she told me, stop coming to me and asking for permission. Just come to me when you mess up (laughs) and we'll fix it together. And so she was a great sounding board, um, never too busy to talk to me or talk me through things. Uh, But it was really just that that level of trust. It, It let me grow into um, not just a great project manager, but a great leader, a community builder, and really helped me find my voice. That relationship is an, just so important to me. That's great. What a great mentor. Even though it was not a formal mentor, a lot to remember and a lot of um, great guidance um, to say, you know, you don't have to ask for permission. I trust you. I think that is such a powerful message to send to people. Um, you know, we have it in our organization and they just flourish in that environment. It's just so important. So that's a great story. Um, 
All right, so for a fun question, what are you most looking forward to in a post-COVID world? <laughs> oh my God, travel. Travel, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I miss my partner conferences, my channel conferences. You know, I never thought that I'd see the day when I said I missed Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> used to I, I just associate it now with the opportunity to get to see all of my friends because they really do become your friends mm -hmm. the people that you see at these conferences when you're a road warrior the way that I am you know mm -hmm. all time there'll be times when I'm on the road for two three weeks at a time just hopping from event to event and you know you wind up seeing more of your colleagues and your industry peers than you do your own family sometimes and I miss having that face-to-face -face interaction with this community. I really do. Yeah, that is, that's something I really miss as well. I used to travel so much and I never thought I'd say it, it because at that time I thought, oh, I don't want to travel as much. You know, I want to be home. I just want a week at home. And now I'm like, I want to travel. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. I know. <laughs> it's so crazy. But yeah, travel is big on my list as well. And so do you have a place, like, would you go for vacation? I know the conferences are something that will come back, you know, maybe the end of this year. But uh, do you have a place like you're dreaming to go to for vacation? You know, um, I used to have an apartment in Mexico, yeah. in Guanajuato, Mexico, and I, I gave it up a couple of years ago, right actually before COVID hit, mm -hmm. um, and I, it's just this town, um, this teeny tiny town in the interior of Mexico that just stole my heart years ago the first time that I ever went there and one of the first things I'm going to do when the world opens back up is get down there and see my friends in Guanajuato have some good red wine some good Mexican food and just reconnect with my people down there that's amazing yes that sounds like really a lot of fun um so what, what's your most favorite thing to do to relax? I'm always looking for new ideas because I don't know how to relax. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, maybe somebody will give me something that will really trigger and that's what I'm going to do to relax. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm your girl. <laughs> I wish I could say I did something like, you know, listen to TED Talks or work mm -hmm. out or something mm -hmm. like that. But when I relax, I do it with gusto i sleep i love to sleep naps are my jam i love to sleep i zone out to netflix i make my partner cook for me while i play with the dogs i mean it doesn't happen often but when i do get to relax i really try to do it right that sounds fabulous so are you one of those people that can sleep on a plane as soon as you get on the plane do you fall asleep I doze. I can't fall, fall asleep, but I, I'm a great dozer. I'm a okay. firm believer in uh, the cat nap, you know, <laughs> the 15-minute nap in yep. the middle of the yep. day. Um, sometimes you don't have to actually fall asleep in order to get those benefits. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. naps. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I can take yours because I, I find it so hard to go to sleep, but I love to sleep too, but mm -hmm. I don't stay asleep long enough and I'm like, I got to sleep. And the more I plan to sleep, the less I sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was so much fun, Chris. Um, so in closing, what advice would you give to a woman that would be considering a career in the tech industry? 
Um, I think if you have confidence in yourself, others will have confidence in you. Here's my advice. Find your swagger. Mm. Find something you're really good at. Make it a pillar of your career. Have confidence in it. Build on your strengths and and never be afraid to ask for help. Right? Never be. Um, that takes a, a certain amount of confidence too to be able to raise your hand and ask for help when you need it. So, I think that would that would be my advice. Have confidence in yourself. Find your swagger. I love that. And when you find your swagger, it doesn't feel like work. It just feels like fun. And so the more you can do to just be happy and choose happy, I think that's that's awesome. Great advice. Um, so share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you. Well, I'm on LinkedIn, of course. You can always track me down there or shoot me an email. Um, my email address is chris at jsgnow.com. Um, but yeah, look me up on, on LinkedIn. Let's have a conversation. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris. This was such a pleasure and an honor to have you on my show. And um, I look forward to having you again sometime. Oh, it was my pleasure, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.